0: A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytani r-rajim, bismillahirrahmanirrahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala Rasuli sayyidina muhammad, wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azwajihi wa dhuriyatihi wa ahli beytihi wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsan wa sallama tasliman kathira عن Abi Yusufa Abdillahi ibn Salamin radhi Allah ta'ala anhu qala sami'tu rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ya ayyuhannasu Nasu as-salama wa at'imu at-ta'ama wasilul arham wasallu wan-nas Tadhulul tadkhulul jannata bis-salam rawahu tirmidhi wa Hassan hadithun hasanan qala hadithun sahih is it, the mic is up again now okay i i the mic is on on this side so i think you just uh, uh, adjust the volume to whatever you want we good so, uh, this is a hadith narrated by Sayyidina Abu Yusuf Abdullah bin Salam. Abdullah bin Salam is a, uh, uh, he was a, a, a rabbi uh, of, uh, of uh, uh, one of the tribes of the Jews of Medina, Banu uh, Nasqa. He was a very learned person. His father was a very learned person. He was a very respected person from amongst the uh, uh, Jews of Medina Munawwara. And uh, as was his father, he went to see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi on the day of uh, the Hijrah Mubarak, uh, Mubarakah of Rasulullah alayhi salatu because this was something that they were there expecting. And we mentioned this in class from before, there are three settlements of Jews in the Arabian Peninsula. The Jews never uh, took the Arabian Peninsula as a place to live except for uh, some places in Yemen some places in Yemen, but they were not, uh, 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 they never took that place to live. Even the Jews that were in Yemen are converts. They're converts to Judaism. They're not descendants of Banu Israel. Um, So the three places in the Arabian Peninsula where the Jews settled from Sham, they deliberately made hijrah to the uh, uh, Arabian Peninsula, is Yathrib, uh, which is then Medina Munawara, And the second place is a place called Tayma, uh, which is the place that said Salman Salman farisi made hijra toward, intended to make hijra to, before he was treacherously enslaved by the people of his caravan and sold into Medina. Um, and the third place is Juhfa. Uh, anyone, rem- you remember Shahir? You've read Kuduri, right? Uh, what's what is what is the uh, uh, what is the importance of Juhfa in Fiqh? With the Miqat of who? La, ah, la, 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 Just take a guess, man. Yemen is yalamlam. Right? They both start with a Yan have a meme in there, so you can kind of make tatbik over there, right? Um, Iraq is that to irq. Irq and Iraq have the same jither, so that's easy, that's money in the bank. Najd uh, um, is qarn. qarnul Manazil. manazil uh, And then... Um, the uh, Juhfa is for who? No, it's for Sham. It's for the Shamis. If you're coming from Sham or from the side of Sham, you make a haram at Juhfa. Medina Munawara has a, a, a special miqat called Dhul Hulaytha. It's like maybe 10 kilometers or less south of the, uh, of the city. And that is the end of the haram of Medina. And it is d- by far the furthest of all the Mawaqid. Uh, uh, it's like f- four or five times further from Makkah Mukarram Than all the other Mawaqid And they say that this is only for the people of Medina Because of their, their, their khas and special sharaf and ta'alluq With Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And the people of Medina Munawwara The reason that they, they take uh, ihram from there Is because of Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's uh, um, Veneration of the Ka'bah that he didn't come anywhere near it Except for in the uh, pilgrim uh, Sacrosancts uh, Ihram state of a pilgrim And so he made his Ihram for much further All the other Malakit are, are much closer So for example I remember I, This is something fun, Fun movie uh, story Okay fun movie story time so we were flying this year from uh, 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 you were you remember you're sitting right next to me right we were flying from uh, 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 Amman good old RJ Royal Jordanian mashallah fly RJ uh, and uh, um, what happens is they have like the little map on the thing you know like the, the that shows them the flight path and where you're passing by and so the captain he's like he's like okay you know like we're we're gonna pass the miqat you know in like ten minutes so put on your ihram whoever's on ihram. And uh, I'm looking at the map And we're like way like by Medina And Juhfa uh, uh, Juhfa is a uh, a city that's abandoned It was abandoned at the time Of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's, uh, life And the name Juhfa Is probably not the actual name of the city uh, They call it Juhfa Because السيول, That the floods the, the, the ocean flooded And completely uh, 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 ruined the, the, the buildings of Juhfa So there's a city that's built right north of Juhfa, called Rabigh, right? And Rabigh is still uh, inhabited to this day. And many of the fiqh books, they'll, they'll refer to the Miqat of the people of Sham as Rabigh. Why? Because that's actually an inhabited city. And uh, uh, since it's before Juhfa, if you have your ihram somewhere from Rabigh, that, you know, it's you're basically there anyway, and you've made sure you haven't overshot the mark. So... Uh, the, 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 the gentleman from France, mashallah, we had some real gangster hajis from Paris, mashallah, uh, 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 they did something I don't recommend anyone ever do, <laughs> which is they actually like changed into their ihram on the plane, and then grabbed the, grabbed the mic and made their announcements about how to do hajj in French, which was very interesting, and mashallah, the stewardesses were like, hey man, this haji Sab looks like he's for real i'm not i'm not trying to mess with him you know? so while he's while they're doing their like haji like s'il vous plaît la hajj blah 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 i'm like i'm like okay you know we still have a, a good 20 25 minutes before we have to put our ihram on and so what happens is like one one of the french dudes next to me he's like he's like uh, monsieur blah 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 and he's trying to tell me like how come your ihram's not on yet and uh, I'm like, I'm like, I tell him in Arabic, I'm like, do you speak Arabic? He goes, yeah. I go, I go in Arabic, I go, look, Rabih, this is the miqat. He goes, no, no, they made an announcement on the plane. I said, Alhamdulillah, by Allah's Father, I have the son of the ulama, the pilot, you know, he barely knows how to fly a plane. So, uh, and so then, then he was like, okay, yeah, I guess so, right? So, juhfa is the third one, okay? Tayma, juhfa, and. Uh, Yathrib. These are three settlements of the Jews in the Arabian Peninsula. The only reason the Jews moved there was what? Was because they were anticipating Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's coming. This is the same reason that Salman al-Farsi went to Tema uh, in order to see Rasulullah because one of the priests that he served told him that the time of his coming is near. Go to Taima. He thought it was Taima that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi was going to come to whereas really it was going to be Medina so this is his sincerity, right? This is this is why sincerity never fails. There is a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ uh, 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 narrated by uh, uh, narrated by Imam Shafi'i uh, amongst all people that I remember hearing in a uh, in a khutbah. I remember using in a ban of my own and then wondering how come no one ever says this. And I actually heard this in a khutbah in Medina Munawwarah uh, 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 in the season in the month of Hajj. That there are three things that, that will never that will never fail a a, a, a a Muslim. That ikhlas sincerity, and nasiha for the uh, for the generality of the Muslims will uzumu jama'atihim and staying with whoever the the whoever the whatever the big group of the Muslims are not the outliers but whatever the majority of the Muslims are doing just sticking with that never it'll never fail. So Sayyidina uh, 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 Salman al-Farsi That was his sincerity That he was making hijrah to one place Thinking that the Rasul ﷺ would be there And he was, despite his own plan Allah Ta'ala put him in the caravan Those people, they enslaved him And then he was sold uh, uh, He was sold uh, uh, treacherously as a slave In Medina Munawwara So Sayyidina uh, Abdullah bin Salam Radhi Allah Ta'ala Whose actual name is Hussein, Not with the Sin Like uh, uh, the grandson of the Prophet ﷺ But with the sad. Hussein uh, 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 is uh, 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 a, a a like some a fortification, so Hussein is the tasgheer, the the the, the um, diminutive form of it. Maybe he had an, uh, he had an elder uh, uh, brother named Hassin or or Hissin or Hasan or something like that. So Hussein is Hussein is with Asad. The There's another uh, 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 Sahabi named Imran bin Hussein uh, who narrates a number of ahadith as well. So this is, Hussein is the, the actual name of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Salam, رضي الله تعالى عنه. What happens, he goes to see Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم, at uh, uh, the time of Hijrah when he first comes in. Because they're expecting something like this is going to happen. They want to see is this a false alarm or is this the real deal. So he said, when I cast eyes on the face of Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم, I knew that this is, uh, that wajhu ليس بوجه الكذاب. أو كما قال رضي الله تعالى عنه. Sallallahu He said, "I cast eyes on his uh, face, Sallallahu and I knew that this is not the face of a liar. So this is something that that the Arabs consider traditionally to be a, a sense that certain people have called firasa. They uh, the fancy English word for it is physiognomy or something like that, uh, uh, which is what the ability to look at somebody and tell you know who's up to what, who has what." You know problems inside of them. Who doesn't have what problems? Who has who, which virtues inside of them, etc. And I can I can say without a, without a doubt that some part of this is rooted in some sort of science. You can tell if you're trained the old doctors, the old Hokama, because they don't have MRI machines that they stick people into, and they don't have CAT scans, CT scans that they can you know CT model and then you understand what's going on inside. They don't have those those tools. They can't do blood work. They can't. So they have to look for very subtle cues what's going on. So somebody's face, you know, somebody's sweating, someone's face is puffed up, somebody's uh, 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 face is jaundiced, somebody is this or that. There is some part of it that is physically and empirically verifiable, and some part of it is spiritual. Some part of it is an empirical uh, 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 science and some part of it is spiritual that somebody has some sort of connection with spirituality. They can tell. It doesn't even have to be a Muslim. Someone who has some sort of connection with spirituality, they can look at a person and see what's going on. They may not be able to look inside their heart and know everything what's going on and it may fail them from time to time. But there is some sense that they can get regarding a person. And Sayyidina Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he saw Sayyidina Rasulullah alayhi salatu and he said, this face is not the face of a liar when he saw him sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And so he went and met with Rasulullah alaihi wasallam and he accepted the deen. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked him to hide his Islam, not to announce it amongst the people yet. And he gave him this name Abdullah. This name of Abdullah is a, 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 a title that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave to him. Uh, and then he called the... Uh, uh, the a'yan, the nobles and the rabbis of the Jews of Medina to a meeting and he asked them sallallahu alayhi wa what do you say uh, what do you say about uh, Hussein bin Salam and they say he is our, our, our noble one and our rabbi and he's the son of our noble one and our rabbi and so then he asked him to come out and so he came out and he said the shahadatain ashadu an ilaha illallah ashadu anna muhammad rasulullah and then they said at that time He is uh, our ignorant one uh, 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 He's the worst of us And he's an ignorant one And his father was the worst of us And he was an ignorant one as well And they dispersed The, the, the crowd dispersed uh, Once I actually asked an Orthodox rabbi About this story which was probably my own stupidity because I can see if the roles were reversed and someone asked me a story like this, I would probably get pretty annoyed. So this is, uh, you know, to be fair, this is like the good akhlaq of the rabbi that he didn't like. You know, he just kind of brushed it off. But I asked him one time about this story, and he says, ah, sounds like something Jews would do, which I didn't say it, he said it, but it's just his own good akhlaq that he just kind of brushed it off and didn't. You know, now I have like enough sense to try not to, you know, annoy people or... Uh, anger them You're not going to really uh, uh, do much good by doing that But uh, that's, that's the uh, uh, story about Sayyidina Abdullah bin Salam Allah Ta'ala revealed in his Fadila, uh, in his virtue uh, That what are you going to do uh, uh, When a witness from Bani Israel Bore witness to what the Prophet Wasallam brought and then you, the rest of you people of the book, You, you your arrogance pre- prevented you from doing so. Uh, and the, the ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in which he says, He says the Prophet صلى, صلى was instructed to tell the Yahudah of, uh, of Medina that kafa, uh, it's, it's sufficient uh, uh, as a witness between you and I, Allah ta'ala is sufficient as a witness between you and I. We disagree about this Allah is sufficient as a witness between you and I Woman عِنْدُهُ عِلْمُ الْكِتَابِ And the one who has knowledge of uh, of the book Meaning who? Abdullah bin Salam uh, In particular and in general Whoever has knowledge of scripture And knows about the haqq of the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa coming So this hadith is narrated by Abu Yusuf Abdullah bin Salam Radhi ta'ala anhu Who uh, uh, was there on the day that Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa made hijrah and entered Medina Munawwara. It was a very Mubarak day uh, uh, and uh, he bore witness to that day uh, and uh, uh, it's a day that, mashallah, all of us would have loved to see. And uh, he, uh, uh, he said that he heard after this, saying this comment that this is not thee, I knew that this is not thee, the, the the face of a liar. He heard the first khutbah of Sayyidina Rasulullah which is well known uh, uh, to people. Uh, which is, uh, he said, he said, I heard the Messenger of Allah ﷺ say, "O oh people, uh, spread salam and uh, spread the greeting of salam, and feed uh, food to others, and uh, keep your kinship bonds with one another." Uh, uh, and by the way, this keeping your kinship bonds. Uh, uh, isn't the, your relatives that are nice to you That you're nice to them Rasulullah alayhi uh, He said this uh, uh, specifically That the person who keeps his kinship bonds Is not the one who practices reciprocity Rather he's the one who uh, um, The one who uh, When he asked he, uh, That person refused him He gives that person And when someone cut them off uh, He's the one who connects the tie again And when someone made zulm on them He, uh, he forgave them uh, so he says, he says if, and that's very difficult If you inspect, mashallah All of my uh, dealings with people Then you're going to be like Well, Shaykh, you're not really You know what, it's hard, okay Don't judge me, it's hard Just try your best, everyone try your best Keep trying That's the beauty of, that's the beauty of majalis like this Because a person is so accustomed to thinking The thoughts of the dunya And calculating the, the, the math of the dunya And when you calculate the math of the dunya There's no point in doing anything for anyone Other than yourself and there's no point in helping anybody who's weak. And there's no point in feeding anyone who's hungry. There's no point in being anything other than like a little grinch that hoards up money and is just detestable in every shape, way, shape, or form. But the beauty of majalis like this is we read the Mubarak Kalam of Sayyidina Rasulullah alayhi salam, And like a light comes up, you know, the clouds clear for just a second. And the heart, a light shines on the heart. And you're like, yeah, I want to do that. I don't care. I'll forgive so-and-so. I'll do that. Just for a moment, you know, it's okay to let your heart Feel that. And that's the beauty of a majlis like this. Maybe one day that, that, that feeling will enter into someone's heart and never leave. Uh, uh, and and that's, that's, that's what we all pray for, inshallah. He said, وَسَلُّوا الْأَرْحَامُ وَصَلُّوا وَالنَّاسُ الْنِيَامُ وَصَلُّوا بِالْلَّيْلِ This is a, a mistake in the, in the text. وَصَلُّوا بِالْلَّيْلِ وَالنَّاسُ الْنِيَامُ And pray in the night while other people are sleeping. Uh, which is a uh, uh, nowadays probably just means fajr, but that's not the original intention. The original intention of this is to to pray uh, tahajjud before uh, 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 before the fajr comes in. Uh, and whoever does it, it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great maqam from Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Jannah uh, Salam. If you do all of these things, you'll enter into Jannah without difficulty, uh, in, in, in a good state, in a happy state. It's a hadith narrated by Tirmidhi, and he said it's uh, uh, sahih. وَعَنِ أنه كان يأتي عبد الله بن عمر رضي الله تعالى عنهما فيغدو معه إلى السوق. قال فإذا غدونا إلى السوق لم يمر عبد الله على سقاط ولا صاحب بيعة ولا مسكين ولا أحد إلا سلم عليه. قال الطفيل فجئت عبد الله بن عمر, عبد عبد الله بن عمر يوما فاستتبعني. إلى السوق، فقلت له ما تصنع بالسوق، وأنت لا تقف على, على البيع، ولا تسأل عن السلع، ولا تسوّم بها، ولا تجلس في مج مجالس السوق، وأقول جلس. بنها هنا نتحدث، فقال يا أبا بطنن، وكانت طفل ذا بطنن. إنما نغدو من أجل السلام ونسلم على من لقيناه. Rawahu Malikun fil Muwatta' bi isnadin sahih. So hadith narrated uh, by Tufail bin Ubay bin Ka'b. Uh, uh Ubay bin Ka'b uh, uh Al-Ansari radiyallahu ta'ala anhu uh, is uh one of the great uh uh one of the great uh uh companions of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he is specifically known to be one of the master reciters of the Qur'an. And he is specifically known to be one of the ones that the Prophet ﷺ told the ummah to learn the Qur'an from and he is in the Sanad of the, the, the Qur'an. The Qur'an reciters also recite the Qur'an with the Sanad. The difference between the Sanad of the Qur'an and the Sanad of the Hadith of the Prophet sallallahu is that the Sanad of the Qur'an goes from the Prophet sallallahu to Sayyidina Jibreel to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas the Hadith, the Sanad of the Hadith goes to Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu uh, Other than the Hadith Qudsi uh, in which uh, Sayyidina Jibril is not in the Sanad. But uh, uh, Ubay bin Kab is one of the the uh, uh, the the master reciters of the Quran, and uh, uh, he is uh, 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 because of that he has a very high maqam amongst the Sahaba. radhiyallahu anhu. So Tufail his son narrates that he used to come to the uh, to Abdullah bin Omar uh, radhiyallahu anhu, and they used to go out in the morning to the marketplace. And when he said when we went in the morning to the marketplace, Abdullah bin Umar would never pass by Saqat. Sakat is who Sakat is the, the one who sells like junk. Like a junk dealer. You know, you have certain things that may not be useful to other people, but someone needs like spare part from it or whatever. Whatever is like, you know, things that people didn't really, that people would throw away, but someone might need something from it. He said, uh, even a junk dealer, he, he would not pass by a junk dealer, nor would he pass by somebody who, uh, who had like a, a, a place of, of sale, nor would he pass by a a beggar, or a, a, a destitute person, uh, nor would he pass by anyone, except for he would say salam to that person. Um... And this is who? This is Abdullah bin Omar Ta'ala Abdullah bin Omar Radiallahu Anhu is a nobleman of Quraysh. His father was the Amir al Mu'minin. And he wasn't completely irrelevant to the government himself. Rather, Sayyidina Omar uh, uh, who kept him as the diwan. He was the, basically the keeper of all the records in, in, in the state. Sayyidina Omar radiallahu was meticulous in record keeping. He demanded reports from everyone all the time. They took census, a census. He was the one who kept track of who gets paid what, uh, uh, how the accounts are fulfilled, etc., etc. So this is a, a position of amana and a position of trust and a position of great power. Sayyidina Umar ta'ala anhu he when he was uh, dying from his uh, uh, stab wounds uh, that Abu Lu'lu the uh, uh, Magian uh, uh, Magian slave who uh, stabbed him in Medina Munawwara and assassinated him when he was dying of those stab wounds he appointed a committee of 6 people to decide who is going to be the khalifa after him that one of those 6 would be khalifa after him uh, 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 radi anhu so in that committee of six people, he gave special instructions that Abdullah bin Omar is to attend the, the the meeting of that committee, but under no circumstances is he going to be allowed to be Khalifa after me. The only reason for his attendance is what? If the the six people who are sitting and, and making mashra Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Talha Talhata ibn Ubaidillah radiallahu anhu, Sayyidina Zubair ibn Awam radiallahu anhu, Abdul Rahman ibn Auf Saad Abi Waqas radiallahu anhum that in this committee of six people, if there's a question regarding the state, how many troops are in this place? How many troops are in that place? What is the expenditure on this thing? How much salary do these people draw? You know, who uh, you know, pays this much tax income? Which province pays that much tax income? You know, how many, what's the population of this city? What's the population of that city? Any question with regards to the, um, the records, the official records? He should be there to answer those questions so that they can keep all that information in mind in order to uh, make their, their decision properly. And he is a very respected person of Medina Munawwara Even after his father passes away And he no longer is in that position anymore uh, uh, he's, he's one of the Ashraf He's one of the noblemen The patrician residents of Medina Munawwara So it's not like Just like because we think about Medina Munawwara During the time of the Prophet Sallallahu You know everybody is like in dire hardship And the Ansar They're poor people The Muhajirun are poor people Everyone's just you know, whatever. This is not during that time. This is during the time when these people are real big shot people. They're like the most powerful people in the world. They're the most influential people of of the world. Uh, Many of them, many of them are actually quite wealthy at this time. Because uh, the shares from Ghanima, from, you know, you don't just uh, uh, take over the, the, the Sasanian Persian Empire and Evict the uh, uh, Romans from Syria and from uh, 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 you know uh, Palestine, and you don't just take over Egypt and like w- w- walk away without any any sort of clout or any sort of money. These people are w- are extremely wealthy at this time. Zubair ibn Al anhu. There's a hadith in Sahih Bukhari with regards to when he died, he had four wives, and it just mentioned what the mirath of one of his wives was. It's like you know, it's in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you check what the, how, much the, how much a dinar is worth, a gold dinar is worth in today's money, and uh, a, a man who is married and has children when he dies, his wife receives an eighth, an eighth of his estate. And if he has two wives, they share the eighth, meaning they each get a sixteenth. And if he has four wives, they each get a thirty-second. So if the mirath of one of his wives is that much, then imagine what the, the, the estate the entire estate is worth. And this is after like having to pay out all sorts of different people uh, because of the massive amount of debt that he had when he died. So these people are wealthy people. They're people of power. They're people at this point, there's no reason other than the fear of Allah Ta'ala. They need to be uh, humble people. But even then, Sayyidina Abdullah bin, uh, Sayyidina Abdullah bin uh, 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 Umar radiallahu anhu, what did he do? Junk dealers, the destitute, broke people. Miskina's is that broke person who's so broke that You know, a normal broke person is like, I don't know how I'm going to pay the rent at the end of the month. That's what you call a faqir. Miskeen is the one who, I don't know how I'm going to eat today. There's a difference between the two of them. Both of them are poor, but one is definitely more poor than the other. So uh, even the miskeen, he wouldn't pass by. Now tell me something, okay? If our leaders, obviously uh, our delicate 501c3 uh, 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 status hangs in the balance, so we're not going to name names. They could be state, local, federal. Of any branch of the government uh, 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 Judicial Legislative Or executive uh, If our leaders With whatever outlandish And weird views that they have If they were just like Yeah I went to the mosque They fed me a falafel It was wonderful Okay Literally like 80% of the animosity Would be gone If you didn't change anything else Briani is wonderful Briani is amazing. I love Briani. Done. That's it. Done. They, why, why, why? Because everybody everybody wants to, everybody wants to what? They just want to feel like, okay, you know, like I'm not like a total piece of garbage. Okay, you're richer than me. You have power. In fact, you're kind of a jerk to me. But I just don't want to, you know, no human being wants to feel like a piece of garbage. Everyone wants to feel that there's some, they have some value, they have some worth. Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu was the opposite example. He was what? He was the one who used to treat people so well that everyone who sat in his majlis sallallahu alayhi wa felt like I'm the most, the one that he loves the most. What does that do? You feel like you have some worth, then you'll go do something, a matter of worth, right? Worth is, by the way, worth means value. That's what honor means. Honor is a French word. The word, the way to say honor, honor in, in, in English, like the Anglo-Saxon word for it is worthiness. A person is a man of worth. You know, if someone says, I'm not worthy, it means I don't have any honor in front of you. If you give a man worth, then they'll do worthy things. They'll, they'll do, if you give a man honor, if you give a woman honor, if you give a child honor, they'll do things that, that are honorable. And if you call a kid himara every day, donkey and gada and biwakuf and idiot and this and that, when, when you're teaching them Quran lessons, then they're going to be like yeah maybe that's what i am it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy uh, i'm also not like in favor of the like mega self-esteem everyone's like a little buttercup special snowflake all the time and we all win the sport- sportsmanship award every time that's also i think there's some problems with that as well but you can't just you know you got to you got to switch it up you know when someone does something good you have to give them a good uh, 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 outcome and when they do something bad you have to give them a bad outcome and some people they need a little bit more love and some people could use a little bit more uh, you know breaking in halfedness uh, in their in their tarbiyah. but the idea is what like imagine imagine that you're muskeen you have nothing you don't have you barely have clothes on your back and you're hungry and you have to you know whatever you have no one to support you except for the betul mal of the state and Sayyidina Abdullah bin Omar ta'ala anhu comes by and he says salam to you he says salam to you. What does that mean? That means you're, you're a person of worth. You know, you, sh- you can get up and try again. You, no matter how hard your circumstances you can try again. If you're, if you're a black man, if you're a white man, if you're a, a rich man, poor man, if you're Arab, non-Arab, if you're whatever you are, you, you understand that, look, this person, he recognized my humanity, that's a good thing. That's a reason that I have some... Uh, some, some worth inside of me. Is it going to fix every problem in the world? No. It's not going to fix every problem in the world. It's not going to, you know, someone who's like whatever, a child died, it's not going to bring them back from the dead. Someone who's broke, it's not going to pay the rent for them or anything. But what is it? It's going to do a lot because change starts inside and then it goes outside. People, you know, this is, this is our belief that spir- the things that happen in the spiritual realm are more powerful and more profound and have more effect and have a deeper reality and a deeper connection with the than things that happen in the physical realm. So you hand a man a check for $500,000, you hand him a check for $500 million. There are many people, you hand him a check for $500 million, it just means they're going to kill themselves by the time next year comes around. And that's not a, an exaggeration, there are a lot of people who do that. If you don't believe me, you can go and like read the newspapers. Why? Because spiritually, if it's dead from before, it's still dead right now. Not spiritually dead, but with a whole lot more money. Now, if someone gave me five hundred million dollars. I would think I'd be very happy. I'm not gonna like play. You know, I'm not gonna try to pretend like I'm, whatever spiritual master person. Anyone like that? They'd be like, oh, oh, five hundred million dollars. I don't need that. I got the joy in my heart. Anyone here like that? Down in my heart. <laughs> Right. And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit and attack. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'm not going to pretend like that. okay? but the the fact of the matter is we all know ultimately this is where these things go. If a person has good inside of them, then that five hundred million dollars is going to go and do good things. And if they don't have it, it's just going to speed up the person's like destruction this is what Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar who understood that he's putting the seed of like khair in people's hearts it's not going to fix their worldly problems but it will put it it will push them in the in, in, a, in a better direction and so much of the problem we have nowadays is because we treat each other like jerks all of us as Muslims mashallah, bearded and hijabed out Muslims mashallah, we treat each other like jerks uh, so the elders treat their youngers like a jerk and the youngers they they, they hate their elders and uh, husbands and wives treat each other like you know they play politics with one another and stone cold calculation when they deal with one another and mother in laws and daughter in laws are all smiles at the wedding then afterward they go home and start sharpening their knives and uh uh janab people in the masjid are like this two ulama meet each other i studied longer than him i studied in a better madrasa these things they're they're, they're not like they're not you know, confined to any one category of the ummah, they're pervasive through the entire ummah. The fadl of Allah Ta'ala is that, mashallah, we have the Kalam of Rasulullah to keep us in check and remind us about this that sometimes it's okay just to come up to a person as annoying as they are, and as much as you don't like them, and as imperfect as they are, and as much grief they've given you, and all of that other jazz, it's okay to just walk up to him and with you know, understand in your heart that salam is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with you know genuineness be like assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and do it in a way that's not like assalamu alaykum there's some people they do this in the masajid by the way they open the door five they kind of grunt salam to everybody first of all when you enter the masjid what is the sunnah tahiyatul masjid go read two rak'ahs for Allah ta'ala afterward then go say salam to people like a human being does not like you're a freaking orc in warcraft You're not trying to draw attention to yourself. There's a difference. There's a way some people... And it changes from culture to culture, right? Like, for example, in Desi culture, if somebody shakes two hands with you and you give them one hand, it means something. Whereas other people are like, I don't know, one hand, two, whatever. It doesn't mean anything in their culture, right? Obviously, you're not obliged to embrace another man's culture, but at the same time, you should keep in your head, am I saying salam in a way that honors the person who I'm saying it to? Or am I saying salam in a, in a way that my words are saying Salamu Alaikum, but my, my actions are saying like, you know, like, what up fool? Like, you know, you're talking down to somebody or you're uh, looking down on somebody or you're not according them the the, the worth and status that, that goes with La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. Because this is the tahiyah of Jannah. This is the greeting of the people of Jannah. And then from there, it comes down to this earth through the angels and through the prophets. And then from there, it comes to, through the uh, aslaf, the, the Sahaba, anhum, and the, the Tabi'een, the people who follow their, their way, Bil Ihsan, in a good way. Then it comes to us, are we saying it in a way that is commensurate with that right, which is what was the common thread between all these groups that the Salam came to us, that they're all oliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anyone who enters into Jannah one day is a wali of Allah Ta'ala. Nobody other than a wali of Allah Ta'ala enters into Jannah. If you were to meet somebody that you know Allah Ta'ala loves, that person's dua has an effect, that person Allah Ta'ala will forgive them for their sins, even if they're as high as the mountains, and even if they're like the, the froth on the, on the seas, uh, then you, there's a type of adab that you should have with that person. Are you saying the salam with that type of adab, or are you just uh, uh, you know, are you just making salam into like, the, the Muslim high, or the Muslim what up? Or the Muslim, whatever, you know is, is, that what you're, is that what you're doing, which is not I mean that's not the point of any of this uh, So what happens Sayyidina Abdullah bin Omar That he wouldn't pass by the, Even the junk dealer Or someone who, was, uh, who had a shop uh, and, and was selling stuff uh, Or a, a destitute uh, person in dire poverty Or really anyone except for He would say salam to him. Tufail, the son of uh, Ubay bin Ka'b radiallahu ta'ala anhu uh, who himself is not a Sahabi, by the way? He said, I went to Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhu one day because this is what we used to do. So he grabbed me, took me with him again. This is what they used to do. They used to go together to the sukh and he'd say, He just, see, he just say salam to everybody. And so he said, He grabbed me with him, took me with him again to the marketplace. And he, he asked him this time, He says, What is, why do you go to the marketplace? I don't see you buying or, I don't see you buying or selling, stopping to buy or sell anything, nor are you asking about the prices of merchandise um wa tasumu biha who's taking arabic right tasum some س- 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 with the seen not with the sad with the sad it's fasting right some with the seen is what it's to uh, bid or or make an offer on merchandise The a hadith of sayyidina rasulullah alayhi that al mu'minu la yahtabu ala khitbati la yasumu la Khitbati uh, على wa أخيه ولا على أخيه وكما قال alayhi salatu that the believer doesn't go to the go and propose to the woman that his brother proposed to it's one thing she says no you're horrible get out of here I never want to see you again at that point that's done now but if 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 you know another Muslim has gone to a woman and proposed marriage to her and she's still thinking about it you withhold your offer Until that, that's settled It's done And it's haram for you To make a, a, an offer at that time If you, she accepts it And you get married There's no barakah in your marriage Because you did it You you did something that was what? Didn't honor the, the uh, You know the, Didn't honor the the, the the right of your brother And uh, If you know, if she marries him, that's his qadr, that's his fate that he married her. If you really wanted to marry her that bad, you should have you know, gotten there before. Qadr Allahumma sha'a It's a qadr of Allah Ta'ala, whatever he wished to, it happened. You wait, if she says no, then you can, you can ask. There's no, nothing wrong with that. That if a, a, a man makes an offer on some merchandise or some sort of offer for a sale. So for example, uh, I'm like, yo, uh, Rafiq, uh, can you come over and mow, mow my lawn? And he's like, yeah, sure. Business is slow at Walgreens. Uh, I'll do it for $50. And then Imran Qasim's like, hey, I'll do it for 45 It's bad. It's not right. One thing is if it's like a, 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 an auction, right? An auction is meant for that. That's different. But for a regular transaction, if two people are carrying out a transaction, wait for it. If the transaction is carried out, this is done. Go find your risk where Allah wrote it for you in a halal way. But don't jump in and undercut, undercut and undersell your, your, your brother when he's uh, uh, when he's c- conducting a transaction. So he said that he said, I don't see you. Uh, uh, I, I, uh, to fail the son of uh, uh, Ubay bin Kaab says to Abdullah Ibn Umar, Taala He says he says I don't see you uh, stop to buy anything. Nor do I see you asking about any merchandise, when it's coming, where it's coming from, how much it is, what's the, you know, this year, how is it going on. I don't see you asking about any merchandise. I don't see you making any offers or any, uh, 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 you know, attempting any business transactions. Nor do you even sit in the majalis of the suq. Some people are there at the marketplace, you know, you go hang out with your friends at the mall or whatever. Uh, I don't see you hanging out over there. In fact, there are other hadith in which the Prophet forbids people from hanging out in public like that. Why? Because if you if you do that, all you're going to do is look at people, look at their cars, look at whatever. Uh, uh, obviously no one would, here would do that, but you're just going to look at women and you're going to look at whatever and you're going to uh, 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 you know do all of these things. Obviously no one here would do that, but the people who do do that know that they're doing that. And if they forgot, once they're there, they remember, oh yeah, that. Rasulullah uh, um, He there's another set of hadith in which he says that he says, don't, don't sit in the places where people pass by all the time. And uh, the, the, the people he gave that advice to, they themselves uh, said, Ya Rasulullah, we have no other place to sit. Some people, like if you have like, mashallah, nine brothers and sisters, there's a two-bedroom apartment, you may have to find somewhere else to sit. The only place to sit is in a park or in a public place or whatever. Rasulullah sallallahu said, if there's no way you can avoid sitting in a public place, then give the, the, that place its haq, which is what? Lower your gaze. Uh, um, if you uh, command to the right, that which is right, and forbid which is wrong. So, if you see someone getting mugged on the street or whatever, you may want to call nine one one or like try to intervene if you can do so without hurting yourself significantly. Uh, and uh, the third is what is is what to say salam to people. The third is what to say salam to people. So he says that I don't see you. I don't see you doing any of these things. I don't see you sitting in the majalis of the sukh either. That you're not going there to meet anybody. So the point is. Uh, 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 so, so what's the point of your going He says He says so why don't we just sit here And you know find, I don't know why you're coming here Why don't we sit and talk to some people And Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar ta'ala anhu Did which is a, a fine tradition Of teachers who are told what to do by their student He uh, He broke them off Or what we call in the, uh, in the Sufic uh, uh, terminology He made his islah He basically broke them off uh, don't don't ever tell your teacher what to do. I mean like I mean I guess maybe if he's like about to walk off a cliff, you may be like, Shaykh, you know, there's a cliff in front of you. He probably knows there's a cliff. You go go ahead and say it if you fear like he'll actually fall off. Uh, but he probably knows there's a cliff and he'll probably clown you for that too. But uh, um, at any rate, so you know, he he, he said Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu عنهم, uh, makes his Islah Batanin. He says, Oh, Oh 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 uh, Abba Batan. Batan. means like a, a stomach, right? So he says he was a he was a corpulent individual, he's a he's he he a he was a, he was a big guy. So uh Sayyidina Abdullah bin Umar al who says, Yeah Aba Batan, he says, Oh my large stomach friend. Uh, um, and this is by the way Jawaz Obviously, you're not supposed to like walk around saying rude things like that to people in general. But between people who, who uh, you know they're not gonna take it badly, and you know they're you know it's not gonna like hurt their feelings and go home and cry and like say I hate everybody type people. You know, <laughs> some people are sensitive like that, so don't don't say things like that to them. But you know, it's a student. They they spend a lot of time together. The, he knows obviously if this person didn't wish well for me, he wouldn't have given me all the time that that he did it, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So he says, "Oh, my large stomach friend, what kind of to fail that button?" And to fail had a large stomach. Says the only reason there's no reason I come to the market except for to say salam to everybody I meet, which is what this is a proof. This is one of the orad of Sayyidina, uh, uh, um Abdullah bin Omar ta'ala anhumah. This is a weird. Just like a person has a weird of Quran that they read every day, or of zikr that they do. This is also a, this is also a weird of Sayyidina Abdullah bin Omar that he would go around one day uh, go around once a day in the marketplace and he would say salam to everybody. He would go around the marketplace once a day and he would say salam to everybody. This is also, this is also weird. This is also, by the way, this is a proof for uh, 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 our brothers of jama'at tabliqh that going out on Jola is, is also something that's masnoon. It's not a bid'ah. To go around and say salam to people and to uh, invite them to the masjid and to say a good word to people is a sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. Someone, again, may have their reservations about that group, great. If you don't want to go with them, don't go with them. If they annoy you, you know, don't protect yourself from their annoyance. Uh, if they did something wrong to you, then I'm not negating that some individuals may have done that. But the tartib itself comes from the mashayikh who are muhadithin and ulama and, 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 and mashayikh of the tariqah and people who understand the deen very well. Much better than most people do. And if someone did it in a wrong way that caused you some taklif or some difficulty or some hurt feelings, you know, that's in its place. I'm not, I'm not trying to negate that. But the idea is that this, this practice is actually a masnoon practice. People should do it wherever they go. I, it's interesting, I just listened, Moana Bilal sent me a, 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 a recording of a, an Urdu bayan that Moana Abul Hassan Ali Nadwi gave when he came to America in the 70s. May Allah Ta'ala have mercy on him. He's the sheikh of our mashayikh. Uh, he is the Khalifa of Shah Abdul Qadir Raipuri, Rahimullah, Tabarak, uh, and my Sheikh who uh, passed away in 2007 was also the Khalifa of the same Sheikh, and the two of them were very good friends, uh, and they're very close to one another, and people used to come from all the way from Nepal, uh, who were the the, the, the students of Maulana al Hassan Ali Nadwi to visit our Shaykh because he said, our Shaykh said that, that, that after he passes away, you go and visit uh, Sayyid Nafis in, in Lahore. So they used to come because Lucknow is actually very close to the border with Nepal. So they would come even all the way from Nepal sometimes to visit the Shaykh. Uh, um, he's, he was a Shaykh al rahimahullah ta'ala. Qadir Raipuri, ta'ala, said about him, that this person is all of the the hopes and dreams of our Akabir Mashaikh. They're all uh, uh, all of the, the, the mujahada of Sayyid Ahmed Shaheed and the and the Ilm of Abu Qasim uh, sorry of of, of of Muhammad Qasim Nanotwi and the Ilm of of, of Rashid Ahmed Gangohi and the Fikr of Sheikh Hind, all of our Akabir Mashaykh he said that all of I find it in this in this uh, 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 Abul Hassan Ali al-Nadwi. His books are amazing. Most of them are translated into English. I suggest you read them. Some of them, English is like not the best in the world. But if you want to get khair out of them, you'll get it. Some of them, actually, the the translations have been redone. The seerah that he wrote, the translations have been redone. The Saviors of the Islamic Spirit, the first uh, uh, volume of it, uh, Mufti Abdul Rahman from England, he redid the translation. He's a person, mashallah, his books are worth reading. And uh, he was an interesting person. He actually came to America and uh, uh, he gave a couple of talks what did he say <laughs> he said that he said that one of the many things he said in that bayan that, that, that uh, it, was, it was a beautiful bayan mashallah um, and having sat with the mashayikh I know that he was holding his when he said certain comments what he meant to say was something else but he was holding himself back but uh, 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 he said go preserve your iman uh, by doing work with some some group of the Muslims he says if you want to go with the jamaat tabligh you know do it he goes if you don't if you don't want to you can go join another group as well. He, he actually said this he believe this, Alimiyah said this he's a Shaykh, of the, uh, Shaykh al-Mashaykh, mashallah he said if you don't want to go with the Tablid Jamaat, find some other good group like the MSA, he goes the brothers in the MSA are so amazing, he goes I went to the MSA in this university in that university the other university, when we, they have their uh, uh, get togethers they spend they spend several days together, they all wake up for Fajr they make Wudu and they pray Fajr together they pray their Salat together, they sit on the floor and listen to the Tafsir of the Quran and listen to bands and listen to the advice of the ulama which some of our MSAs could return to that good sunnah mashallah a little bit uh, uh, along with you know the other uh, wonderful uh, and uh, multi-colored uh, uh, programs that sometimes we have but he mentioned all of these fadail and, and and all these uh, virtues of whenever people get together to do something for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that's good mashallah that made me feel so happy also because it's like two disconnected or almost disconnected parts of my my uh, experience of Islam, mashallah, he said something and it connected them. Uh, uh, and and it, it really filled my heart with happiness. So the point of the mentioning the Jamaat is not necessarily saying that you all, all go or don't go. If you go, alhamdulillah, tap ta'apu barakah in it. If you don't go, go do whatever else you think is best. But this one practice that they have of going around saying salam to everybody, this is a good practice. This is a masnoon practice. It's not a bid'ah They see people... Um, uh, uh, you know, this is, this is unlike cream cheese and honey This is something that actually has nisbah to the Prophet wa s- And the honey, I guess, does too But the cream cheese, Philadelphia cream cheese definitely doesn't uh, uh, Unless someone will bring me some sort of dalil and proof And then we can talk about that in a bayan one day, I guess But uh, uh, this, is a good, this is a good practice Maybe if we did it Other people would also uh, uh, feel uh, good about Islam as well Sayyidina Umar anhu it's attributed to him to say that for me to bring one person who is estranged from Islam back to the deen is more valuable to me than bringing 40 new people into the deen. Maybe if we did that when we saw people who are estranged people from the deen and we said salam to them. Okay, you know, some people are kind of like they're doing some questionable stuff in life. Some people kind of off of their practice. Some people do some questionable stuff in their life, etc., etc. But if we were to say salam to them, if you know, you don't even have to tell them, "Hey, come to the masjid." You know, you just say salam to them as if like, "Okay, you're Muslim. You're Muslim. I'm Muslim. We got this in common. That's it. Done. You don't have to judge them." You don't have to look at their CV and their resume and see how long have they spent studying or how, how many times do they go to the masjid for Jummah or for any other. You don't have to look into any of that stuff. You sometimes, we're talking about firasa, right? You look at a person, know this dude's up to no good, this sister's up to no good. But you know they're a sister, you know it's a brother, just say salam to him. Sometimes your own instinct, you, it's a sunnah to disbelieve your instinct. Sometimes it's a sunnah to disbelieve your own instinct. When your instinct tells you another person is a, a bad person, it's a sunnah to disbelieve your instinct. That, does that mean you have to do business with them? No. Does that mean you have to marry them? No. Does that mean you have to give them your credit card, social security pin number? No. No. Does it mean you have to give them the keys to your uh, car, to your home? Or, you know, say here, uh, you know, you suspect somebody is not playing with a full deck of cards and you're like, here, can you hold my, like, loaded, uh, uh, whatever, uh, Glock for me for a couple of minutes? No. But you make whatever decisions you want to make for your own practical whatever. But the one thing in your heart that tells you this is a bad person, that you have to, it's a sunnah to disbelieve it f- around about another person. Uh, so this is something that maybe, you know, if we did this as well, you know, go to the masjid next time and uh, instead of only saying salam to the usual suspects and saying salam to, oh, sheikh so-and-so, because if he sees me saying salam, he'll think I'm like real pious and whatever and then he'll make dua blow on me and like a rainbow will come and I'll find my lucky charms that I've been looking for for my whole life and you know like whatever rainbows will come out of my eyes and my ears and uh, I'm gonna see a dream of like Jannah and all this other wonderful stuff that people think is gonna happen. That stuff happens, it doesn't happen like magically by you know like showing off in front of the ulama or in front of the mashaykh. Okay? First of all, nothing you do is going to impress them because they actually saw impressive people in their life. Such impressive people they're not even impressed with themselves how they're gonna be impressed with you don't worry about it the one who's not if they see that you're not impressed with yourself then they'll be like this person's an impressive person and even then if that was your goal then you're back in the hole of not being impressed you know what you understand you don't, don't even go there don't worry about that the one you should worry about impressing is Allah Ta'ala and he sees you that's the same Allah for whose sake you, uh, you know you respect the ulama not you want to impress them but you respect them that's the same Allah Ta'ala for whose sake you should go and say salam to like whatever the dude in the back who uh, no one says salam to that looks weird or acts weird or you just don't know them or they're not from your race or they don't look like they have any money or they don't whatever. Like you don't think you can get any benefit from them or whatever, right? All of those people go make this year weird that next time I go to the masjid I'm going to say salam to somebody I don't know. Okay, you can't say salam to everybody because you're in kind of a rush. At least somebody you don't know you should say salam to them. Who knows, oftentimes those people uh, uh, end up being, uh, end up being a, a, a great source of barakah and a great source of, of khair for you. Are there any questions? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you mentioned that there was a hadith wherein there were three things that would serve a Muslim well to do them or something. That will never fail a Muslim. Okay. Yeah. What, could you repeat those three again? Oh man! Uh, one was a class. One was uh, sticking with. The let me let me uh, while while we're talking. Let me actually, uh, let me look it up. Uh, any other any other questions? Yes. I Please. Um, so the um, giving the salam to uh, people, even if you you kind of you know you know they're up to no good. So what about the example where? You know, my understanding is, you know, there's kind of like brings a cloud over a person if they don't return a Salaam, mm-hmm. or s- something equal or better. And you know that they don't really respond to salam, so you don't want to bring that cloud over them. Is there any, like, sort of, looks- uh, as far as that goes? One should say salam to everybody if they fear that somebody is not going to return salam properly to them. This is part of, uh, this is part of your, like, whatever... Uh, uh, um, this is part of your kind of like uh, getting experience and learning how to deal with people. As as you have more and more experience in life, is that you kind of know who to uh, who to uh, uh, give a hug to, and you know who to shake hands to, and you know who to say slam from a distance to oh, yeah. and you know who to say assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and you know uh, uh, you know who just to say assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu some assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullah and just assalamu alaykum if you know that you're just going to put someone in a whatever you just be like assalamu alaykum you you know, you know yeah. what i mean yeah. um, again that's uh, uh, um, that is a um, that is a call that you make based on that person who you're talking to I I don't necessarily think you should look down on somebody and be like, oh, this guy. I'm gonna only say salam to them this way. But if you know that specifically this dude is gonna like whatever throw up static because you said salam to them. Like a history of. Yeah. Like, of, yeah. Then you can you can just do do what's easiest for both parties and yeah. and, and 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 reduce it down a little bit. Uh, if you don't know who it is, you shouldn't assume. And if you say salam to somebody and uh, uh, um, if you say if you say salam to somebody and they don't uh return your salam then the angels return it and you received whatever benefit you were going to get from it anyway uh so a person shouldn't let that fear uh uh let that fear uh, uh prevent them from saying salam uh uh thaa thallahu yughillu alayhi naqalbu qalbum ra'in muslimin ikhlasu al'amali lillahi wa nushu li imama li imamati almuslimin wa luzumu jama'atihim uh there is another narration of this that i'm gonna let's see if there we go he says uh three things that there are three things that will never uh, 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 that they, that they're they're never going to be uh, um they're never gonna fail uh, uh uh the the heart of the believer which is what العمل uh, لله doing a, a a good deed with with uh sincerity for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and لولاة المؤمنين lil mu'minina wa uh and uh, uh being sincere to uh uh the leaders of the Muslims uh, as well as the generality of the Muslims uh uh fa مِنْ da'watuhum uh, because indeed their uh, uh uh this claim that they make of la ilaha illallah it's so great that it will it will cover them from all sides from the front and the back and then let's see there's another yeah so it's ikhlas uh and uh, uh ikhlas in your deeds for allah ta'ala um and then in another and in another uh um, riwayah, it's uh, nasiha for the leaders, or for the leaders, and for the generalities of the Muslims, and then the third thing is luzumu jamatim, keeping, uh, uh, you know, holding fast to uh, whatever the greatest group of the Muslims are, because the 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 da'wah of la ilaha illallah covers them from the front and the back. Yes. Uh, so uh, there are certain kind family of members uh, who are, you know, particularly uh, venomous. Being close to them or inviting them over and stuff like that causes harm to more people around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what should be done with those people? Can we still go out of our way to. So, the, the, the question is: there are certain people, perhaps relatives, that may be particularly venomous in their dealings with you, and you know it's just going to cause harm. So, there's levels of harm that a person has caused. One is annoyance. Theoretically speaking, a person should put up with annoyance. One is like last time this dude came over, he almost stabbed me with a knife. Okay, obviously the sharia doesn't intend you to get stabbed for this. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm not saying this to be funny or whatever, but just to say that there are extremes, and then in the middle you can parse out and put like, kind of like, uh, you know, put, parse out and put like some demarcations for like what to do in what situation. Anyone who's going to cause you uh, 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 an un- intolerable amount of material damage, emotional damage, or uh, psychological damage, spiritual damage. Uh, those people you're excused from. You're excused from not meeting them. Uh, uh, however, even from a distance, you should still keep making du'a for them. That's the hak of of them being your relative. Is that even if they're not a Muslim, if they're not a Muslim when they die, then you stop making du'a for them. But even if they're not a Muslim, you, you, you keep making du'a for them as long as they're alive. If you cannot deal with being in their company without them causing you distress, like there are some people, uh, there are some people who uh, ask this question. I mean literally they have relatives that have caused them severe distress physically or psychiatrically. Some people have suffered abuse at the hands of family members. And uh, uh, whatever If you're at that And this is one thing in the sharia Physical abuse uh, psych, uh, Psychological abuse Mental abuse Verbal abuse These things are all, all You know they all have a reality It's not just one thing like Okay if he's not going to beat you up Just shut up and listen to what he has to say Sometimes words that people say Are really hurtful And they, they, they really just uh, uh, Kind of like take away from you As a human being um, And so in those situations A person is excused from meeting with those people If it gets to that point uh, um, and uh, um, you know, if it's like one of those things, like that person always orders biryani, even though I, I like, you know, nihari, then just deal with it. Eat nihari one time for the sake of a ta'ala you'll be fine. But I suspect your question is something more severe than that. If it's to the point of like some sort of abuse, um, then then yeah, maybe sometimes in order to keep relations with that person, you have to avoid them. Because if you get into the get it, you know if you meet them, you're gonna you know you can't hold yourself back from getting into it with them, uh, uh, um, and so that's that you know you know and you know that they're gonna cause you some sort of harm and you want to protect yourself from that type of harm. There's some scope for scope for for not necessarily meeting that person all the time. That being said, a person should wish in their heart that they were able to get to a point where they can cement those things over or be able to to tolerate or or be able to withstand that. A, as a theoretical point or as an abstract point, we should want that. If we're not there yet, that's fine. Uh, you know, then we deal with what we have. Even then, you should make dua for that person. Lest that person القيامة, say that this person was my, my relative and uh, whatever, they gave me no haq or I benefited nothing from them whatsoever. Uh, Allah Ta'ala sees what difference, you know, what, what position you're in and what difficulty you're in. And uh, uh, you know he 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 has mercy on you according to that as well. But you have to always try your best. There's very few people, there you know, that are in a position that like are like okay, well my relative, you know, like I can't make you know I can't even make du'a for them. You know, even if they hurt you really bad, say Allah give them the tawfiq of making tawbah from what they did or whatever. Right? There's always some du'a you can make for a person. This is one thing. If a person hates another person, this is a bad thing and the du'a for removing hate from your heart for a person is that you should uh, sorry, the, the, the remedy is that you should from removing hate from your heart for another person is you should make du'a for them good long du'a everything you can think of to make du'a for the good of this world the hereafter, their relatives their job, their this, their that and it decreases the amount of hatred you have for that person if that person still then has hatred for you or has venom for you you may want to avoid meeting them but that's something it's completely in your own control the, the control of that that, that point is completely in your own hands No one can really take that away from you Say, Shaykh, uh, how can I make uh, Dua for my relative uh, I said, I don't know, just make dua for him He's I said, okay, we'll make dua for him to become a Muslim He's dead, okay, you can't make dua for him <laughs> right? That's an extreme But, not, you know, there are pe- a lot of people Alhamdulillah, by Allah's fadl They have relatives that, 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 you know They may have done wrong But it's not like dead qadiani wrong You know what I mean? Uh, uh 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 that's that's uh, that's a different you know, that's there's some there's some gradation between, you know, different levels that people have. Someone has oftentimes these questions as well, if someone has like a specific scenario that they don't want to mention in front of other people, we can maybe like by email or something like that talk about it as well. MashaAllah Qasim man, set up my email address, hm at r I B A T Rebat.org. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Please don't, please don't send me your like fatwa questions that you already sent 10 other muftis. Just ask the person you're going to listen to and spare me a time. Sometimes I, get, I write like a 10-page jawab only to realize, man, this person just sent this to like 10 other people. Barakallah. <laughs> yeah. fikum.